Hello and welcome to What the F*** Just Happened Today, your essential guide to the daily shock and awe in national politics. I'm Joe Anditas. Let's get to it. It's Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Welcome to Day 1135. Mitch McConnell will step down as the Republican leader of the Senate in November. The 82-year-old is the longest-serving leader of the Senate in history and has faced a series of recent health issues, including a concussion, a fall that required him to use a wheelchair periodically to get around, and at least two episodes where he momentarily froze in front of the media. Aides, however, said McConnell's announcement was unrelated to his health. McConnell's legacy includes blocking Obama from filling a vacant Supreme Court seat in 2016 with Merrick Garland. The decision directly led to the confirmation of three Trump-nominated Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, creating the most right-leaning court in nearly a century, which went on to overturn Roe v. Wade in June 2022, ending the national right to abortion. McConnell also helped guide 234 Trump-appointed judicial nominees to the bench, shifting the balance of the judiciary toward conservatives for the next generation. McConnell has called his decision to block Merrick Garland the single most consequential thing I've ever done. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court agreed to decide whether Trump is immune from prosecution for conspiring to overturn the 2020 election to remain in power. Arguments are set for the week of April 22nd, a schedule that would permit a ruling with enough time for a trial before the November election, and the court will consider a unanimous appeals court ruling which rejected Trump's assertion that he's immune from federal prosecution for his efforts to overturn the election. Trump has repeatedly argued that his actions related to the January 6th insurrection were part of his official duties as president, and he therefore cannot be prosecuted without first being impeached and convicted by Congress. Since the Senate acquitted Trump of inciting the January 6th insurrection, Trump claims that he's now subject to double jeopardy. He faces four felony counts brought by special counsel Jack Smith, including conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to obstruct the formal certification in Congress of Biden's victory, obstructing a congressional proceeding, and conspiracy against the right to vote. A judge in New York, meanwhile, ordered Trump to pay the full $454 million civil fraud penalty he owes before he can proceed with any appeal. Trump had offered to post a $100 million bond to temporarily delay the judgment, arguing that the lending ban in the February 16th verdict made it impossible to secure an appeal bond for the complete amount. Trump's attorneys also noted that if Trump is forced to put up a bond for the entire amount, properties would likely need to be sold to raise capital under exigent circumstances to raise the money. The judge, however, denied Trump's request to delay paying the full amount while he appeals. Trump has until March 25th to post the full bond to pause collection so he can appeal, or he'll be forced to pay the monetary penalty and risk having some of his assets seized. Moving on, Biden and Trump both won their party's Michigan primary elections, but Biden faced opposition from voters over his support for Israel's bombing campaign in Gaza. More than 100,000 voters, roughly 13%, marked uncommitted on their ballot in the Democratic primary as part of a pressure campaign to have Biden call for a permanent, unconditional ceasefire in Gaza. Biden won that state in 2020 by about 154,000 votes, while Trump carried the state in 2016 by about 11,000 votes. Roughly 20,000 Democrats voted uncommitted in each of the last three Michigan Democratic presidential primaries. 
There are currently roughly 200,000 registered voters in Michigan who identified as Muslim, and about 300,000 identify as Middle Eastern or North African. Meanwhile, Israel and Hamas both rejected Biden's optimism that a hostage for ceasefire deal in Gaza could come as soon as next week. Hamas is demanding that Israel agree to a permanent ceasefire and withdraw all troops from Gaza before they'll release any of the remaining hostages, while Israel has called the demand delusional and insists that it will continue fighting until total victory. Israel has killed more than 29,900 people in Gaza since the war began, with more than 70,300 injured and thousands missing and presumed dead. Roughly 80% of Gaza's population has also been displaced. The UN, meanwhile, warned that one in four people, roughly 575,000 people in the Gaza Strip, are one step away from starvation. Moving on, Congress reached a deal to extend government funding for one week and avoid a partial federal government shutdown. The agreement would extend funding for six agencies, the Departments of Agriculture, Commerce, Justice and Science, Energy and Water, Interior, Military Construction, Veterans Affairs, and Transportation and Housing and Urban Development, until March 8th. The deal also extends the deadline for the other six agencies, Defense, Health and Human Services, Homeland Security, Financial Services, State and Foreign Ops, and the Legislative Branch, through March 22nd. Although there is bipartisan agreement, the House and Senate still need to pass the stopgap measure by Friday night. And finally, Senate Republicans blocked the passage of a bill that would protect access to in vitro fertilization nationwide following the Alabama Supreme Court's ruling that frozen embryos are children. Senator Tammy Duckworth brought up the bill under unanimous consent, which allows any one senator to object, but it was blocked once again by Cindy Hyde-Smith who called the legislation a vast overreach. Senate Republicans characterized the bill, which states that people have a right to access assistive reproductive technology, that doctors have the right to provide it and insurers the right to cover it, as bait, while also claiming that they still support IVF. In the wake of the scuttled vote, the Biden campaign tied the Alabama ruling to the U.S. Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade in June 2022, arguing that if Trump supported IVF, he would demand Republicans protect access to it, but he hasn't. That's all for now. You can find the links and sources for all of these stories on the main website. And as always, visit whatthefuckjusthappentoday.com for the latest news and headlines. Until next time, I'm Joe Anditas. 